on this week's episode, do we need to go back to Fantasy Island? It's time for our summer movie preview. And we say yabba dabba do to a new Flintstones. All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse. Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows, and if you can please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at Pop Culture Cosmos, because we're now a part of over 40 radio stations worldwide, and we cannot thank you enough. Radio Podcasts, we're coming soon to WRFN. Every single station that's out there, we cannot thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your great radio station. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend. He's our drone man at Castle PCC on the Twitter and Instagram. You got to catch what he's doing today on the Twitter and Instagram at Castle PCC with a K. You notice I like saying it like that. Yeah. It is my good friend indeed. It is Marcus De La Garza. And Marcus, glad to have you back, my friend. I know it's been another rough week for you. I'm sorry to hear that, but we're talking some great pop culture this time around. We are, dude. It's going to be fun talking about all the movies that are about to be coming out this summer. We've got some favorites on the list already. I'm interested to hear yours. I've got a few that I'm, I'm really looking forward to here. Flintstones, though, excited to talk that. I've got a lot of good memories tied to that, that franchise. So let's get into it You know, when, when we have a second. Well, we're doing something a little bit different today because we've got some scheduling things going on here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So I'm actually recording this live back-to-back with our Monday show. Everything should go smoothly, but then again, I say that right now at the beginning of our recording. So we'll see what happens. But it is going to be a great episode today for the PCC Multiverse. I want to go ahead and make sure everybody knows that we've got a great show lined up for you today. First off, we've got a lot of things to talk about when it concerns new shows coming to Fox. But they're not actually new. I'll talk about that coming up here in a sec. Sony has a game coming out for the PlayStation 5. It's an exclusive from the great studio, Housemark. Very underrated. They've come out with some great stuff in the past. A group that I followed for quite some time. And they're coming out with Returnal. So we'll talk about Returnal at length coming up here on the front half of the show as well. But on the back half, we've got a summer movie preview in mind. That's right. It's if you didn't know it and, you know, no worries if you didn't, it is coming up on the first week of May as we're talking right now. And with the first week of May usually is one of the biggest weekends of the year for the movie industry. It's not going to be this year, but it is going to lead us into the summer movie months. And we're going to be talking about some of the movies that we're interested in from May to September coming up on the show as well. But first, my friend. Let's talk about some shows heading on the way to Fox. We're going to save the yabba dabba do here for a second, but we're going to talk first about Fantasy Island. That has been rebooted by Fox as a series coming off the not-so-successful movie reboot that came out last year starring Michael Pena, Maggie Q, and others, which unfortunately was a great part of the Not part of the Oscars this past week, but it was part of the Razzies. So this one caught me completely by surprise. They're going to uh, put a young lady in in the lead role uh, who's going to be playing Rourke. I have a problem with the fact that I think Fantasy Island is an IP that needs to go on its own fantasy. I don't know about you. I I just think that it's not something that you really want to put your money behind. Because as we saw with the money or lack thereof of success that the movie achieved or lack thereof. And again, 
It was a major part of the award ceremony this past weekend known as the Razzies or yeah. the worst of film, not the best of the film in the Oscars. I really think the Fantasy Island IP is not that much worth bragging about at this point in time. There is no fantasy left to Fantasy Island. I sit back and you kind of look and, and you, you really start to measure out why people do the things they do, right? And uh, you look at Fox and he's trying to wonder, why are you doing what you're doing here, Fox? Fantasy Island, the movie last year, didn't do great. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Highlight at the Razzies, Fantasy Island, let's talk about it. Man, we really should have put some money down on the Oscars last week. You brought it up on our in our Instagram conversations, but I, I mean, got all but one, and that was the one everyone got wrong, which was Anthony Hopkins over Chadwick Boseman. That was crazy. Uh, and, and Riz Ahmed. Riz Ahmed was the second leading favorite going into it. Anthony Hopkins was third, and he pulled it off. Oldest winner ever. Everything yeah. else we got right. That was, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was so impressive, though, the fact that he did pull that off, when that, get, get that win. I was sad that Chadwick did not take the Oscar for Best Actor there. Getting back to it, though, Fantasy Island, really interesting intellectual property in the sense of it just doesn't die. <laughs> it it you know, just doesn't die. It's just, it, I, don't under, I don't get it, man. It, it was long dormant. It was. For a long time, for good reason, because it was a very popular show back in the day on ABC, but I thought it had its day. I really thought it had its day. But you know Hollywood. They've got to go ahead and try and make something fresh out of something that was old. Yeah, I mean, we went from, what, 1977 and 20 without a Fantasy Island. And we were doing okay without it. And it just proves that we're probably going to do okay without this TV show coming up. I hope I eat my own words here. I'm always a lover of undervalued or, I guess, overvalued uh, IP that's now presenting itself as undervalued. I, I, I don't know. Let's just call it what it is. Fantasy Island, you've got a lot of work to do. You, you have a lot of work to do to impress me. Yeah. Hey, you've got a lot of work to do to impress anyone that's out there because it's just truly something I don't think a whole lot of people want to see. I mean, the excitement, I think there was a little bit for the first trailers that came out for the movie. I think there was some excitement behind it. But once the negative reviews came out and once the negative box office trailed along with it. Now, mind you, it was pandemic. I think a lot had a lot to do with that and every other movie that came out in the first part of 2020. So that you can say is a wash. And maybe that's part of their thinking as far as the hierarchy at Fox saying, you know what? That was an aberration. You know, you can't really gauge any movie out there. Well, you can actually gauge Doolittle because that was trash any which way you say it. So right. Yeah. yeah, that was that was trash regardless. But with something like Fantasy Island, I think it's pretty cut and dry. But still, I, I don't know what, what Fox is thinking on that end. But I know they're going to be thinking about something on the other end when we talk about the other series. But some final thoughts on Fantasy Island, because we've been almost talking way too long on Fantasy Island. Uh, this definitely is my fantasy talking about Fantasy Island for this long. But I will say that, you know, the movie last year had its flops. Michael Pena, I really was hoping for more out of you as a actor in that role. But, you know, at the end of the day, let's give them their shot. Let's see what Fox has when it comes to Fantasy Island, the TV show, and see what the reboot looks like. And I'll tell you, I'm probably I, I'm heading into it trying to be as neutral as I can be, but I'm already not impressed. I'm not impressed as well. But the other major news about a series that's coming to Fox is, well, let's just put it right out there. Yabba dabba doo! That's right. The Flintstones is coming back, I believe, as a series from all indications. It just seems like it's something that a lot of people may be interested now because the previous iteration of the Flintstones, the movie with John Goodman, Rosie O'Donnell, Rick Moranis, several other name actors that were part of it, that movie came out. I remember it not doing too bad money-wise, but not doing well enough. I, mean, I think they did a, a sequel. They did a sequel to, to the movie, if I remember correctly. We had that 93 movie. I'm just trying to think of what yeah. else we did after that. They did a sequel to it, and then it, that flopped from there. There seemed to be very limited interest in it. But Elizabeth Banks, who is just a great star and also a director, want to give her her props. Yeah. She's been in a lot of stuff from the 40-year-old virgin on and has done a great ton of work out there. She is going to be not only the voice of Pebbles, but she's also going to be spearheading this and getting this show up off the ground, I think, as an executive producer. So I want to hear your thoughts 
this has also been a while. I mean, it's, it's almost mirrors what happened last year with the first trailer for Fantasy Island, where it's been this long dormant IP. So we'll go ahead and give it a shot. We'll rehash it and, and see what happens there. They're doing the same thing with Flintstones since the movies that came out over 25 years ago. So I want to hear your thoughts on a new Flintstone series that's coming to Fox. Does it stand a better chance than Fantasy Island? I think it does right out the gate, man. If you look at what Flintstones did for animation, it set the stage for a lot of shows to kind of come in and, and do things that are still happening today. I mean, you know, if you look back at what the Flintstones did, how how it influenced other shows that were on at the same time eventually and, and everything around it, you have that lovable dope of a father and you've got all the action that's happening with the kids. I mean, dude, it, it really did from an animation perspective kind of set the stage. And I believe it was the first primetime animated TV show. If I remember. Yeah. I, I think yeah. you're correct on that. Yeah. I, I mean, dude, like I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, excited about this new Flintstones. Well, actually I think it's called bedrock. Well, right. okay. We're just leaving in the Flint, Flintstones. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a new Flintstones. It's in the whole hierarchy there. It's, bedrock yeah. yeah it's it's a flintstone series for all intents and purposes yeah i mean growing up we uh made a lot of jokes in our household about my father being fred flintstone and you know he's got these big flat feet and fred flintstone had to have big flat feet to get that car rolling but jokes aside i'm really looking forward to this one elizabeth well, they Banks, all helped you gotta remember even the passengers helped they did yeah they did but you know fred had to do a lot of the legwork because he had to go to you know work on his own in the mornings at times yeah you know, that's so, true yeah, that's yeah. true looking forward to it elizabeth banks has done a lot of great things she a lot of things that she touches turns into gold from an acting perspective and then just has some small successes you know elsewhere but really looking forward to this one i don't know about you gerald I, this one's really it kind of touches my uh it's got a little sentimental value to it so I'm, I'm really looking forward to see what we can do here okay to give you everybody the actual straight up the flintstones movie came out again with john goodman rosie o'donnell etc cetera, etc cetera, 1994 and okay. then they did follow it up in 2000 which shows you that they didn't have enough confidence to go ahead and green light a sequel right away but it did well enough to go ahead and say, you know, we'll get back to it at some point later in time. And they did six years later, although it didn't have the same cast. And unfortunately, it wasn't very well thought of. So from what I'm reading on the reviews and what I remember off the top of my head, because that was uh, Viva Rock Vegas. Uh, oh, yeah. The title. Yeah. So that yeah. one that was did not fare well. And that pretty much killed the IP for, as you can see, 20 plus years. So they are returning to it now. But the thing is, outside of the visuals that you're going to experience, because this is not going to be something that's a cheap project by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, in order to create that world of bedrock, to create the world of the Flintstones, you need to go ahead and provide that whole prehistoric atmosphere, but yet somehow maintain it to have a modern type feel, i.e. the, right. the cars, i.e. going through drive throughs but still have that prehistoric feel like, for instance... If you the great sight gag that they've always had on every opening of their show, where they, you know, where they put the ribs on top of the car, the car uh, tips yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, you have to have those sight gags and visuals oh, in order to go ahead and show you that yes, even though it looks in a way very prehistoric, it still needs to go ahead and have a modern type feel and combine those assets. And so, I want to hear your thoughts. I mean, if this of the two between Fantasy Island and the Flintstones, a.k.a. Bedrock, it looks like Bedrock is going to be much more touted, much more endorsed, much more supportive because there's much more on the line when it comes to Bedrock. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%, man. It's It seems like there's a lot that's riding between the two of these. It's, a, it's one or the other. It feels like it's a, a coin flip of a gamble here by Fox. And uh, unfortunately, I think that coin's weighted on one side, and that's going to be weighted towards the Flintstones. If you look at the success from the 94 movie, they made $341.6 million at the box office. Yeah. I mean, this is an IP that's got some some weight behind it. And I think today that would that would probably equate to about, what, 500, low 500 million, maybe even 550 million. So it would be a reasonable hit. Right. I mean, like, this is uh, some IP that's got some weight behind it. Not to say Fantasy Island didn't. But there's been more flops out of Fantasy Island as of late than there has been out of the Flintstones. So I'm going to go ahead and give the Flintstones the weight here as, as far as who's going to be the, the heavier puncher. Flintstones all the way, man. 100%. I think this is going to be some fun IP to, to rehash here. 
you know, whether that's in animation form, full on movie, TV series, I don't care what it is. Just bring it out. Let's let's talk about it. Let's uh, let's watch it. Well, of the two shows, it's going to be the one that's most supportive because, again, so much is on the line as far as from a cost standpoint, like with Amazon and Lord of the Rings series. You don't think you spend over a billion dollars, five hundred million dollars for the series for season one and also as well, five hundred million just to get that IP back to do a series. You don't spend a billion dollars without going ahead and promoting the heck out of it. So we will see a ton of promotion leading into the Lord of the Rings series. And while it's not going to cost a billion dollars, it's still going to cost more than probably the average television series, at least initially. So I think that there's going to be a lot more support from Fox for Bedrock. Everybody out there, we want to hear your thoughts on if you have to choose one or maybe both. Let us know your thoughts on an upcoming Flintstone series and also as well another series called fantasy island and we return to fantasy island once again on fox so let me hear your thoughts out there are you interested in either a bedrock aka flintstone series or a return to fantasy island share us your thoughts popculturecosmos at yahoo.com hey this is chad from ghost toasters and you're listening to pop culture cosmos podcast For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, there's still so much more to talk about on today's program. Before we hit you up on Returnal, my friend, I want to throw something by you that I didn't plan, but I wanted to throw that up by you nonetheless. And that was Peacock announcing that it has already gained 42 million subscribers off the get-go. A lot of that coming from The Office and from the WWE Network network migrating over to it. So I want to hear your thoughts when you hear that Peacock, less than a year in, hitting 42 million subscribers. Do you think they're off to a better start than maybe what HBO Max is doing? They might be. The problem is HBO Max has that exclusivity to it. You know, it's got a little bit of a higher dollar threshold to uh, become a monthly member. Uh, you know, honestly, Gerald, I think that I both of them are in great positions. I think HBO Max is doing themselves a lot of favors by doing the day and date releases. You know, Peacock just doesn't have anything that can compete with that over time. But... Uh, and I didn't throw this in there, and I was okay. waiting for you to see if you would answer. Oh this. man! No, no. You remember, <laughs> when it comes to subscriptions, though, the free subscription Peacock has with its NBC Universal lineup a limited amount of content that you can view free of charge with ad support. So that's something that HBO Max doesn't have outside of the free trial and whatnot. But HBO Max, like you said, is more expensive. There's not ads. Like, uh, like, for instance, what you can get on Peacock, where you can get a free, a $5 tier or $6 tier, and then a higher tier without ads. The lower two are with ads. So I think it's, in a way, a little bit misleading, but it's also an encouraging sign that people are willing to go ahead and stray away from just Disney Plus and Netflix. I've got a question for you, though, before we move on from this topic. How do you count account for baked in subscribers? And I, I mean baked in in the sense of like WWE subscribers coming over to Peacock and and whoever's following the office coming over to, to watch the office exclusively on Peacock. And then you know on the HBO Max side of things, you've got AT&T subscribers that automatically get HBO Max now. So how do you account for these? I, I'm going to call them pre-built subscribers. And how do you talk about your actual natural growth uh, in the marketplace? I know th- those are numbers we will never see, but I would love to know if anybody's speculating about that. Well, I can tell you for as far as for the WWE Network, we're talking between 1 and 2 million subscribers at the time that they migrated over to Peacock. So if they had 1 to 2 million subscribers already, that's, that's something that's all going to migrate over to Peacock. So right. there you go right there. Plus, again, you have the free tier which so many people have signed up i mean my daughter has signed up i have got that now so there's there's so many people out there that have subscriptions to the free again it's how many paid subscribers i would want to know how many people are at the five dollar tier how many people are at the higher tier i think that's a bigger indicator of just how well or how much growth continuously peacock will have going forward you know when it comes to hbo max 
we talked about HBO Max and it has its one tier, it's one price. There you go. Have a nice day. What is it? $15 a month thereabouts. And with that, you, you it's more cut and dry. You can tell exactly how well it's doing. But then again, it also has things with HBO Go, regular HBO. Does this mean HBO on cable? Are we going to continue that moving there, moving forward? HBO Max, you have that. But then again, once those first run movies, and we've talked about this as well, yeah. stop coming out day and date, what is it going to be like? I think we're going to see the actual true growth of Peacock and especially HBO Max starting in 2022 when the WWE network, you can't just fold them in. You don't have another WWE network to fold in. Right. You don't have the office to go ahead and bring in initially like you did. You don't have those great things on Peacock side. And then on the HBO Max side, if you intend to go ahead and just pop, pop those movies right on the theater and stop popping them on HBO Max, what is your growth going to be like next year? That, that's what's concerning me. Yeah, I, you know, and that's really, I guess, got to be on the forefront of the leadership for Peacock, forefront of their minds, man, because we're at a point now where if you don't have that year over year growth, you lose your funding. And yeah. so, uh, you know, it's it's something that could be very detrimental to them, you know, if they don't find a way to really springboard their their viewership or their, their membership going into 2022. No, it's very interesting because you got to go ahead and forecast the growth beyond 2021. So people, when they look at Peacock, and we look and when they look at HBO Max, they have to not just see their success that they're having now, but going forward. What is it going to be like for them 2022 for Peacock, for instance, when you don't have the office that's brand new and fresh out on your subscription base? What is it going to be like for HBO Max when you don't have those day and date movies that you're going to drop? You're going to be, there's going to be a two, three, four, five, six week period or more before they finally hit HBO Max. What is it going to be like as far as for the growth for these two entities? So that's what I want to know. That's what I want to hear about. That's what I want to see going forward when they list out those stock reports. So it's very interesting to see. They are, they're, they're both trying to put their best foot forward right now and tell you all the good things. But the thing is now on the horizon for 2022 and beyond, we want to see exactly where they stand and how they match up to Disney Plus and Netflix and also Amazon Prime. You can't get you can't forget about them because they have of any of these subscription based outlets, they have of these streaming channels the best advantage because again, you don't necessarily have to watch them with Amazon Prime. You're using it possibly for other means. So they always have that built in. So with Netflix, you they got to keep throwing out the like we talked about last week, 19 billion dollars worth of content yeah. is what they're doing over the course of next year. With Disney Plus, they got to keep on throwing out with the stuff from Fox and stuff from Disney and the stuff from Star Wars. They got to keep throwing that out. With Amazon Prime, they just got to do enough on Amazon Prime to keep you happy, bring some movies like the one they just with, did with Michael B. Jordan dropping as far as the Tom Clancy movie that he just dropped yeah. and, and bringing the Lord of the Rings, which we just talked about. So they got more built-in advantages with their service. So it, it makes for a great comparison chart that you can go ahead. But I really don't think you can see true residual growth or true numbers from these streaming outlets until 2022 when the dust starts clearing a little bit. What are your thoughts out there on the growth of Peacock and also as well HBO Max? Are you interested in keeping them beyond this year? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, before we get to the half hour break and our summer movie preview, wanted to go ahead and ask you this, my friend. Are you excited as a PlayStation fan, even though you don't have a PlayStation 5 yet, and I know you're still looking for one, are you excited that the PlayStation 5 is going to get exclusive game to the PlayStation 5 in Returnal? Yeah, dude. So one of the guys I work with, Justin, has his PS5. He bought it from a third-party reseller that buys them off of somebody else and verifies it's a legit unit. So today we were standing in, the, in our lab and we were talking about you know Returnal, and I, I mentioned it to him. I was like, hey, man, you should probably buy this game and play it and review it and maybe come talk to us about it. So Justin did say he would buy it and, you know, we'll, we'll do a little playthrough. Maybe we can get a little gameplay going on Twitch via Justin or something. But I, I loved it. I looked at the trailer for it and I love the concept. You know, every time you venture out, if you die, you go back to your starting point. Really kind of a fun way to build your way through a campaign 
so that as you progress through your lives, you learn a little bit more, you do your own thing, and you gain the skills that you need to get past those checkpoints that are built into the game to keep you from getting you know too far along. Really interesting concept. I think that this is going to be a great game to showcase some of the graphics power behind the PS5. Just on the trailers I've seen alone, a lot of dark, 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 dark gameplay. And I'm not talking about, you know, storyline. I'm talking about like literally visually, it looks very dark at times. So, you know, if you've got one of those 4K, 120 hertz capable TVs that PS5 requires to have the highest output, I think this is going to be a beautiful game to, to look at. As far as functionality goes, third person shooter. So interesting to see how this all kind of shakes out from a visual perspective but uh, i mean like i said dude, beautiful landscapes from what i can tell and then some of the screenshots i've seen great detail even in the dark areas so i've seen some of the video already so the gameplay looks very interesting i love how the fact that it's going to go ahead and mess with the protagonist's mind as far as having her flashbacks to life on earth and trying to incorporate that and weaving that into the game itself, even though she's on another planet, she's just trying to survive and go against all the other beasts that are out there and combining a lot of the action that we come to know from Housemark. I mean, Housemark has just been a, a really cool studio that I've seen a lot of great things from. I mean, people know them from smaller top-down games, the Super Stardust games. Uh, there's, there's been great games that they put out, but nothing of the scale. This is a studio that is putting out probably the largest game of their entire expanding career, which has gone over 20 years now. So I want to hear your thoughts. They're taking a big leap into trying to become that next first party, big AAA studio. Do you think that this will do it? And do you think that Returnal can be that really good game that people can get behind? I think that Returnal can be that game. And the reason I'm going to say this is, and it might be a little bit of a decent segue into our, our next topic, I think space is coming back. It's it's going to be that that highlight of entertainment for 2022 and maybe the latter half of 2021. I think what we're seeing is a return to the idea of the fascination with space as a culture, as a as a people. And so, you know, we've got a lot of movies that are going to be coming out. We've got movies that have already come out. I actually just watched Stowaway on Netflix last night. Kind of a cool uh, sci-fi space movie, man. Anna Kendrick. But, you know, I think this has the possibility to be a home run for the studio and really... If you're going to throw all your eggs in one basket, from what I've seen from screenshots and, and a little bit of the video gameplay, dude, they knocked it out of the park so far. You know, I'm not going to say they, they have this thing a thousand percent polished. You know, it feels like nobody ever does anymore at, at game release. This might be one of those deep cuts that over six, seven months, you watch the, the expansions come out, maybe even some of the updates and watch as the studio itself responds to the user base and really gives you the experience that you're looking for in Returnal. Well, I'm telling you what, my friend, I am very intrigued by Returnal. If it does well, what are the critics going to say about it? Because I've seen a lot of previews going into it. I've seen a lot of footage so far for it. I am impressed with it. We've seen that this could be something with the dearth of new games for either console, that being the Xbox Series X or the PlayStation 5. This could be an early hit for PlayStation, and one of the reasons why they're maintaining or could maintain the lead throughout 2021, because they've gotten the jump on Xbox on these first-party games. Now, mind you, it's not that many, but still, it is some, and that's something that I think people need to keep in mind and why, well, as we talk to Josh, hopefully on our Monday show, why Sony is possibly taking the first leap ahead in this console race. Yeah, dude, this is insane how Sony's getting the leg up here already with this console exclusive. I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, I, I really feel like I just stomped on your uh, beautiful exit there out of this topic, Gerald. So I'm going to say, Returnal, I'm, I'm hoping for you. I'm, I'm hoping that you make Justin happy and you make me happy and we have a great review. What are your thoughts out there on Returnal? If you're a PlayStation 5 owner, are you going to be getting this day one? Is it something you're very intrigued by? And are you hoping for good reviews like we are? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, it's our summer movie preview as we take a look at some of the movies that we're interested in checking out and also talking about the marketplace and if people will be going back to the theaters this summer. We'll talk about that coming up next. This is the PCC Multiverse. If you want to see 
the coolest action figure collections out there, the stuff that you played with as a kid, hear from industry insiders that made the toys that really, truly defined who we are. And you got to check out season one of Action Figure Adventure. Check out Action Figure Adventure now, exclusively at Big Bad Toy Store. You'll get 10 episodes of awesome action figure fun. I guarantee if you grew up playing toys, you will love Action Figure Adventure. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Here, Imran. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony. Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the same as Jay's Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry. Swear and ask you for money. Just give us the money. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who's that? Never said that. You've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie, reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh. Jock and Nerd! We're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassard, along with my good friend, Mr. Marcus De La Garza, who looks like he's deep in thought there. You look almost like hmm, the thinker. There you go. The thinker yeah, I was you. actually, I was thinking through our next topic and about how I'm, I'm already feeling like I'm, I'm a lot more comfortable to go back to, to the theaters now that I've had my second shot. So, and that's we'll what there. I want to we'll ask there. right off the bat. I mean, cause it is summer. I mean, again, I've said it before. This is not like previous years, 2019, 2018, whatnot, where you have the biggest movies of the year. In fact, Avengers Endgame, happy birthday. You're two years old. I mean, because yeah. it, it actually this past week, it, it went through its second birthday because it was already out in the marketplace. In fact, it was supposed to be coming out the first weekend in May as traditionally what the biggest movies of the year do, but it had to come out earlier. And I remember that experience. And I, Josh was here. We got to check it out firsthand. It was awesome. We brought the crew up and we had this whole big crew and almost whole row in the theater. We were checking things out. So in fact, speak of the devil, he is here. He's joining us on the PCC Multiverse. What? It is Josh Peterson. There you go. It's a crossover. I know. Look at this. The greatest it's a crossover. of all time. Yep, yep. I was just remarking as we're heading into the back half of the show for the PCC Multiverse, I was remarking about how two years ago we were like, it seemed like yesterday we were, you guys, you and the crew were here from the Super BS Games cast and, the, and also Topic Ocalypse. The Topic Ocalypse crew was here. We were, had a great time. We had with the Retro City Games fundraiser. But the most important thing was that you guys came out and checked out Avengers Endgame. And, and that whole first weekend of may scenario it just seemed to me like it was so much fun being part of the movie experience yeah it was i mean because i was actually thinking about that a couple days ago where there has not been like a pop culture event like that in since avengers endgame you know everyone thought it was going to be star wars star uh, episode nine right was the last one to come out everyone thought that that was going to be it but that was disappointing whereas endgame was just like a fantastic film all around it was, and I enjoyed that experience immensely, and I cannot thank you and the whole entire crew for coming up here that weekend. Hopefully, we will be able to revisit that once again, and maybe yeah. Marcus can join us, you know, fly on that plane I'm from Florida. Dude, I, I'm I'm due for a Vegas trip soon, so I, I would love to come do that soon. That's the great thing about living in Vegas. You know, people are really dying to see Vegas. I mean, you. Yeah, so there you go. So. <laughs> I mean, if I could come spend a week with you guys and do like, you know, two or three days at the casino and then we can just do We'll never see time. Marcus. We'll never see Marcus. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can find me at the at the craps table. I'll be standing somewhere between the five and the ten dollar table somewhere. You know, it'll, it'll it'll be fine. Josh, I wanted to ask you this because I talked to Marcus about his he, he's less hesitant now that he has the vaccine. Now that he has both vaccines. Now he's more encouraged about going out. Tell us about your possibility of you experiencing movies again this summer. And do you think more people will follow that lead either which way? Oh, I'm so I was just telling my wife that I admit, like she doesn't like the movie theaters. And I think the last just because, you know, she doesn't like the experience of like paying all that money and getting oh. popcorn and all that. But like that's one of my favorite things. Right. My first job when I was 16 was working at an AMC. 
and I just the, the smell and the atmosphere and the sound and the big screen. I don't know. There's just something about that that I really enjoy and I miss. I miss quite a bit. What is it that's going to get me back out to the theaters? I, you know, I do have plans as of right now. I would like to go see Black Widow when that comes out in theaters because I don't feel like, you know, watching a film like that from my couch would be the best experience. You know, as for fears around COVID, I mean, you know, as long as it, it seems safe and the CDC is saying it's okay and people are, are you know, it's done the theaters are set up in the right manner. Like I, I wouldn't have an issue going back, but again, it would just, there'd have to be something that would drive me there. It's like something like Mortal Kombat or Godzilla vs. Kong. Like I, I don't see myself going to the theaters to see films like those, but something else like a big, big event film, not event film, but like a big film, like Black Widow, that would be something that could draw me back to the theaters. Yeah. You're looking for that, that really special event. That's going to bring you back to the theater and it's going to mm-hmm. be kind of like a limited, a limited experience for you. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I think that we've, what's the saying? You've let the uh, tiger out of the cage. You can't, I don't know, man. You can't really undo what we've done with pandemic. We've yeah. gotten used to sitting at home and wanting, being able to watch these movies day and date. Right. I think uh, it's so if- funny. Well, hold on. I've been doing some promos for some new stations that we got because we're now yeah. over 40 stations worldwide. And thank you so much for listening. If you are listening to us on radio, and it's funny because I have promo cuts from both you and Josh on how the coronavirus has permanently affected how we watch movies going forward. I have those both. It was so funny. Yeah, dude. And I'm, I'm sticking to my guns there because I think it really has HBO Max could stick to the, their guns as well and keep a lot of their movies moving forward day and date. I think they would have a happier set of, of people coming to watch their movies. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of impossible to say hey, get off your, your couch and come watch these movies at this point now that we know that we've got the technology and the ability to watch these day and date. Well, didn't HBO Max, their, or HBO's contract, I guess, with Warner Brother Films was that they would show these movies at home through 2022, and then people would be, they would have to either renegotiate or just have like a strict theater-only date, and then maybe like 90 day, I think it was like 90 days later, it'd be released on HBO Max. I'm okay with 90 days. It's it's when we start talking about, you know, it's a six month wait to get on the streaming. You've got to let it go through, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever first. And then, you know, get to eventually get to HBO Max. Yeah. yeah. 90 days. Fine. 180. Get out of here. Okay. So I want to ask you guys, what is the last movie you saw and how much did you pay for it? Stowaway. Watch it last night. And I paid whatever my Netflix fee was, you know, for last month to be able to watch okay. it. Okay. What about in theater, though? Like let's do the let's do a comparison here, okay? Tenet, actually, Tenet, and saw it at the IMAX in Orlando before it got reshut down again last year, actually. And you did not like that initially. No, I and I still don't know how I feel about it, man. It's that was a rough movie for me in the sense of I love everything that Christopher Nolan does, and that one first half of the movie it was kind of just like I don't know what I'm doing here, I don't know why I'm sitting here. But the for me, it was was the main character in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why it won, it won an award for visual effects. So it it was good for something. So it, it needed more. Womp. Yeah, needed more. Womp. <laughs> but uh, I will tell you, I enjoyed it. I, I did. I didn't think it was bad. I don't think it's one of his best films for Christopher Nolan, but I do think it's a good film. I've enjoyed it. It's, it's long, though. It's a long yeah, watch. Yeah, I mean, I don't regret watching it. I just wish that there were times when they would turn the soundtrack down and let me actually like hear what the characters are saying. Plus, it's very hard to understand. I know uh, people leave it right away because they just don't get it. First off, you have mm-hmm. to stick with it. You have to watch it the entire way to understand it. And that's the way he planned it out. Yeah, yeah. And, and I totally get that, dude. And we had that beautiful fight scene. What is it, right in the middle of the movie, I guess it was. Yeah. Uh, that kept a lot of people in- interested, you know, for the latter half. You know, once I got through the movie, it, it did make sense. It just, I don't know, I felt like it took us a long time to make that movie make sense. Well, Maya, yeah. well, uh, unfortunately, and I've spoken to this about with Josh, my last movie that I saw in the theaters was the last Skywalker. I know condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I I just had talked about that and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. Oh my gosh. That was not set up at all. That was classic. (laughs) I wish I could have not remembered that I watched it, especially (laughs) 
because that's something we trashed at the time. You and I did not have a good time in that. I'm so sorry that the Star Wars saga ended like that as far as the Skywalker saga. It deserved better, but yeah, it's something that it's going to, with the movies that are coming out, they need to do something to connect with an audience to get them going back. There needs to be the movie experience once again. I mean, everybody flocked to the theaters with Avengers Endgame. Everybody flocked to the theaters initially for The Last Skywalker because we thought, okay, this is the Skywalker saga ending. Mm -hmm. We have to go experience it at the theaters. With Avengers Endgame, this could be the biggest movie of all time. And it was for a little while until Avatar beat it again. Need I digress? Please, let's go (laughs) ahead and re-release Disney. But, you know, that was a big experience. Everybody had to go see it. I I saw it, I think, in the first two, three weeks. I think I saw it five times in the theater, four or five times in the theater, because I was just so entranced. I needed to see an IMAX version. Mm -hmm. I needed to see a regular version. I needed to see a version with you guys. I needed to see a version with uh, my family. So it was so impactful to me, and and I just wanted to be a part of the experience. And I think that's what we need, again, to get people in the door. So I'm going to go ahead and describe some of the movies that we're looking forward to in the month. Go ahead, Josh. So the last movie, I forgot, I've had a good story about the last movie I saw, which apparently was Star Wars, but I'm going to say the one before that. I went to see Frozen 2, and you know how much money I paid for me, my wife, and two kids to go see that movie? Oh my God. Here's the thing too. You know what I didn't know about it is one of those fancy is like an IMAX thing, but also it was like their roller coaster seats. They stuck you in these like flight simulator type things. And then like when they were sledding down hills, it was like tilting you up. Like it's one of those motion simulators. And when it started to snow, there's like little specks of things falling from the ceiling. Like it was a truly immersive experience that I never want to experience again. The kids probably loved it. And it sounds uh, like no, they you were, and your wife did. The, the kids were terrified. Like I had to hold the youngest oh, okay. one back because it was about to shoot her across the movie theater. Like it was a catapult. Thanks for checking out the PCC. You know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. Yeah, it's something that we need that experience to get back into theaters, I think, in mass. I don't see anything on the horizon right away because the big movies in May, there's not that many. I mean, the first one that would be coming out, like I said, this would be the weekend that we would see the biggest movie of the year hit. And when your biggest movie right now that's coming out is Wrath of Man with Jason Statham, it's quite different. That's not going to get people in the door. You know what's what's very beautiful about this time of like COVID is the fact that we're seeing films made by like actual people. Like we're seeing films made by our people who are artistic and have vision. It's not just like it's not a big budget thing. People are putting out like this is going to make money. Like people are actually like taking the time now to make films. And they're getting eyes on them that wouldn't normally happen if this were like a non-COVID time. Well, it's going to be something we'll have to wait and see if any of these movies are going to connect to get people in. I mean, Godzilla vs. Kong did a, was a great start. That got people excited about movies again. That got people excited or at least interested in going back to the theaters. Mortal Kombat actually was a good weekend because you had Demon Slayer, which is a big anime hit, especially in Japan. My daughter and I just finished the series on Hulu. And check that out if you're really an anime. I really suggest that. And we're going to go check out the movie as soon as we can. But that movie, and also as well Mortal Kombat, got some people in. But I don't see right away. Wrath of Man, to me, is not going to do it. And then you don't have until Memorial Day weekend here in the U.S. You have finally a movie that was actually, they were doing promo work for it already. And that was A Quiet Place Part 2. That's coming out later in May at the Memorial Day weekend, along with Cruella. But those movies aren't even the, even though A Quiet Place was a hit, do you really think that's going to get people in the door? And maybe some of the horror fans, at least. Yeah, it had a very niche audience. You know, it eventually, like, grew in favor like Napoleon Dynamite did. But, I mean, it like, I don't see that being, like, the big blockbuster draw of something like, you know, 
Avengers or or anything Marvel or DC. What about you, Marcus? Yeah, I don't see A Quiet Place Part 2, you know, being that huge draw. But I mean, that same weekend you get Cruella and that'll be out on Disney Plus and theaters, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, so that one to me is the big winner for that weekend. But overall for the month of May, I mean, the biggest thing you're up against is Wrath of Man and Spiral. Spiral's Chris Rock and Sam Jackson continuing the Saw saga. But yes. the, but uh, honestly, guys, I, I think this is not going to be the thing that brings people out. You're going to be looking more towards Cruella than anything. Well, I want to ask now, as we go into June, something we just saw trailers being dropped for, and that's The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. I'm very surprised that the trailers just started dropping this past week in the past few days. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see it yet, but when your trailer drops right around now and the movie itself is just coming out just around the corner in the first week of June, The Conjuring is a big series, a a big hit series. It's something that has grown into something that's been a backbone of horror movies now for the past decade. Are you surprised to see such a turnaround as far as it's concerned? Usually you're seeing like a three, four month out type scenario where you get your first trailer, then you get more hype trailers. They're trying to bunch it all up within the span of a six-week period of time. Marcus, are you surprised by that? I am to a certain extent, but you know, I think that thrillers and horror movies are the biggest losers when it comes to trailer marketing and the traditional sense of being able to watch trailers at the movie theaters. Those are the the genres that really, really, really benefit from people being in those seats. You know, you don't just turn on YouTube and casually turn on the Conjuring trailer. So <laughs> it's one of those things that they're hurting, but... Yeah, this is a really, really, really weird marketing plan to me. You know, I I would have expected at least a headline to come out two or three months ago where everybody would have been on board with the early trailer for this movie. Josh? Josh. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like Marcus said, they do get kind of ripped off in the marketing department. But here's the thing with something like horror movies have the unique advantage of like people will watch them regardless. You know, like people sit down on a Friday night and if it's a scary movie, they'll click on it, you know, whether it's on HBO Max or Netflix or whatever it might be on. Um, I know Conjuring's hitting HBO Max, correct? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Correct. So it will get eyes on it. It will get viewed, you know, even by people who might not even be looking for it. They'll just turn on HBO Max on a Friday night, sit down and be like, oh, a scary movie because people are more attracted to scary movies than like, you know, some kind of like animated film that may Well, or the may Conjuring be. is a name brand now. It, it is it, a name it is. brand. Yeah, it is. And like, again, though, like even if people don't see the trailer for it, if they turn on HBO Max and see the Conjuring on there, they're going to watch it regardless of like how well it was marketed. And then after that, In the Heights could be something that could surprise a lot of people. The week after that, on June the 16th, is the Hitman's Wife Bodyguard. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) they obviously did well enough to get a sequel, but it's not something that I think a lot of people are dying to see, even though it is Ryan Reynolds and Samuel L. Jackson and Sama Hayek, a great name cast. Didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it. they dropped a trailer on that a couple weeks ago, so that gives you kind of turnaround, but... The one movie in June I know will be a hit and will be the big event movie possibly of the summer is at the end of June, and that's F9, where we get a lot of questions answered in regards to John Cena playing Vin Diesel's brother and why and how Han is back. (laughs) And why in the ninth movie we're just learning that he has a brother. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that's something I think will bring in people. I mean, do you feel the same way, Josh? If anything can bring people back to the movie theaters, it's going to be a Fast and the Furious film, which is sad because if you were to go back when the first one came out and you're like, you know what? This is going to be a big franchise in the future. One of the only things that people watch, I would have been like, no, you're crazy, man. Marcus, do you feel the same way? Because F9, I think, is going to be the start of the true movie season. I mean, usually it's this weekend as we're speaking, but I have a feeling that the true movie season will not start until late june with f9 i agree in florida we do have a huge drive-in theater situation here so i think f9 is going to be a huge drive-in theater release for us as well as just general box office and that's really the start of the heavy hitters you know thereafter you have black widow in between it is the forever purge which again is, is a low budget horror movie it's something that it does have a name under normal circumstances but i think is going to get trampled because if they're going to go out and risk going to the theaters in this current climate They're not going to go for the Forever Purge, but they'll go the next weekend after F9. They'll go on July 9th with Black Widow because that's, like you said, Josh, you're ready to go for Black Widow. 
Yeah, if I don't go back to see F9, Black Widow is going to be the one that pulls me out of my house to actually go sit in a movie theater. That's interesting because after that with Black Widow, I mean, your thoughts, Marcus, I mean, Black Widow, that is going to be Marvel's marquee release for this year. It's also on Disney Plus too, right? Yes. Okay. It will be. Yeah, it'll be another one of those $30 rollouts on Disney Plus. But yeah, I think Black Widow is really, truly the end-all, be-all, stop-the-press movie release of the summer. I think F9 is going to do nothing but build the hype to get people back in the theaters and set the stage for Black Widow at this point. So, you know, if I'm not actually in a theater for F9, I'll probably be at the drive-in. Two weeks later, we'll be just down the road at the actual movie theater watching Black Widow. After that, you're going to start seeing a scaling up from the movie companies that are out there because they're going to start releasing more name movies right after that in the middle of July. Starting with Space Jam with LeBron James, that movie will come out on the 16th of July. Then you have Cinderella also coming out that weekend. So that'll be an interesting battle because that'll be right after Black Widow. So I don't know if that's going to affect Black Widow or if it affect the movies, because you're going to still have a limited number of people going. It'll be a larger share of people going to the theater at that point in time, but it's not going to be the normal amount that we would normally see like we did in 2019. So it's going to be interesting to see which of those movies gets really hurt by this the most. Is it going to be Space Jam? That's also an HBO Max day and date. Then you have Cinderella. That's a Sony movie. So that's going to appear at some point in time relatively soon on netflix so it's going to be interesting how this gets weighed out and then the rest of the month has snake eyes gi joe origins so the snake eyes movie there's not been a trailer that's dropped for it yet so we're hoping that it still comes out on the 23rd of july hotel transylvania transformania and then also you have jungle cruise at the end of july so you're going to start seeing a ramping up right around late june early july i think f9 is going to be really kicking this off What are your guys' thoughts about Jungle Cruise possibly also being a big hit for Disney? Because I think, I don't know if that one has been announced as a premier day and date release. That might be a theatrical release only. If it is a theatrical release only, I I think we're going to be at a point then that a lot of people will have at least their first vaccination in their arm, if not both. That'll be a great time to try and test the waters and see if you can force the viewers back to the movie theaters and not give them that sample of the day and date release. Jungle Cruise, though, I mean, Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt, for a ride that I do enjoy at Walt Disney World, looking forward to seeing this movie. I agree. Like, I think personally if you're trying to get people back into the movie theaters it would be dumb to have a movie with emily blunt and the rock revolving around the jungle cruise name and have it be a uh, simultaneous release like if you're trying to push people back into the theaters this would be something that you would want to make exclusive to theaters august 6th you have the suicide squad that's going to be a day and date with hbo max right after that you have free guy Free Guy has yet to be announced as far as being a day and date with Hulu, which is, I'm assuming, which is where it would go. It wouldn't go to Disney Plus, even though Disney owns the rights to Free Guy. Really curious to see what happens with that movie. Don't Breathe, that sequel is coming out that weekend of August 13th, at least it's scheduled to right now. And then you have, for the rest of the month, you have Candyman or Reminiscence. That's something that I think a lot of people are going to be interested in, Reminiscence, especially since it's a sci-fi with Hugh Jackman, Thandewee Newton, Rebecca Ferguson. That's some names there. The one movie I think people should not pass on, at least for the kids, that might be parents might be taking out, is the Paw Patrol movie. I think you guys are lagging a laugh. <laughs> but Paw Patrol Gerald, is, I almost made a, the same joke about Paw Patrol. That's a huge series right now on Nickelodeon. Chase is on the case, man. Yeah, Chase is on the case. So even though it's in limited release, That movie, I think people should not sleep on as far as the amount of people going to this movie and the time it releases in the middle of August. But then we get into early September, and we'll finish our conversation with this, guys. And that is September the 3rd, a movie that Josh and I have been looking forward to ever since it was announced. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. And I know you guys have seen the trailer. And Josh, you and I, and Marcus, you and I have talked at length in regards to how hopeful we are for that this movie will be a big hit, but what it will do for the martial arts genre and how it will, I don't want to say legitimize because there's been a lot of martial arts movie hits that have been out, but guys, before we head on out, I got to hear your thoughts on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings one more time and your hope for it as a movie. Josh? 
it looks cool. You know, like I'm a big fan of martial arts films. You know, we've, we've talked about that. You know, anything with Donnie Yen or Tony Jaa. With Shang-Chi, it's interesting because like outside of the comic books, like he doesn't really have a lot of solo outings that don't involve Iron Fist. So like I'm excited to see him kind of like have his own thing to like own his own property. And I also want to see how that ties in to the greater scheme of the MCU, especially since there's talks about them rebooting all these like street level heroes that Shang-Chi so often associates with, but on a Disney plus platform. Marcus. I think visually the trailer was stunning. I think that as we talked about last week, there's an opportunity to really grow martial arts as a entertainment vector, I guess, in in a lot of these movies. So I think that Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings has the potential to really bring us back to that heyday of martial arts in the theaters. And honestly, man, I think there are a lot of people that are putting a lot of hope into this movie as far as being a great entertainment tool to really educate, but also really just bring awareness back to martial arts, man. I am really excited for Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. I've already said that this and Black Widow are the two Marvel movies of the next two years that I'm looking forward to the most. And I'm, I, I can't wait. I hope this does everything that we wanted to and that we hope for and that it will elevate martial arts films and the genre as a whole up to even a higher, higher plateau when it debuts the weekend of September 3rd later this year. All right, that does it for our summer movie preview. What movies are you looking forward to in the summer? What movies will bring you back into the theaters? And what movies do you think will bring a worldwide audience together to go back to the movie theaters? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, guys, it's been a great episode. I love the fact that the real Josh Shady, we got an appearance from him on our Friday show. Plus also as well, Mr. Castle PCC on the Twitter and Instagram. But guys, I know you got some things you want to go ahead and shout out to everyone. Again, we cannot thank all the over 40. We're now over 40 radio stations strong for the first time ever on this show. We're over 40 radio stations worldwide, and we cannot thank you enough for your support. And also as well, over 120,000 downloads is amazing. Cannot thank you enough for doing so. But I'll start off with you, Josh, and then I'll hit you up with next, Marcus. Josh, any last thoughts on the way out? Again, like I always love hearing from our audience, you know, send us emails. I love hearing back from you guys and seeing what you guys have to say. Like the the, the feedback we've gotten thus far has been pretty good. And we always want to talk about your thoughts on the air. So if you got something specific about anything we talked about, shoot us an email and we'll uh, be happy to discuss more. Did you get the email I sent you from Bill? I did. Yes, I really appreciate that. And I'm, you know, I'm stoked that he's reading some of my other works out there. That's awesome. And you can find a lot of Josh's work today at popculturecosmos.com. Plus, I'm hoping Marcus will make a appearance either there or on Twitch sometime soon. No pressure, my friend, but any last thoughts on the way out? You're on mute. We lost you. You're totally silent. You know, that's like the saying of 2020, and apparently it's the saying of 2021 for me. Hey, you're on mute, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, though, on our way out here, I'll give you maybe my top five movies that I'm looking forward to this summer. Sure. Wrath of Man, Guy Ritchie. I, I really like a lot of the movies he's done in the past, and you know, he's just going to be working with Jason. Are you going to go see it in theaters? Not in theaters, but you know, I'll wait, and, and if I can watch it streaming day and date, I definitely will. F9, Black Widow, Jungle Cruise, and then obviously Shang-Chi. So, folks, please get out there to the movie theaters when you feel comfortable doing so, when you feel safe doing so. And like Josh said, please send us some feedback. We always love talking to you folks and and hearing about how you're listening to us doing whatever you're doing. I agree wholeheartedly with what Marcus was saying. And again, like Josh was saying as well, I agree. Please send us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com or hit us up on social media. We're all over social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. At Pop Culture Cosmos, wherever you get your social media. So for Josh Peterson and Marcus De La Garza, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great. 